On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo-Daily, living with the loss of a child. You're not given a roadmap when your baby dies. You're going to grieve till the day you die. I'm going to miss Liam and Grace till the day I die. I hope to make a difference in their names. That's what gets me through. That lady you just heard is Nina Doyle from Dublin, who gave birth to twins Liam and Grace four years ago. And sadly, both babies died at birth. I want to bring you some breaking news now. This uh, post online from the uh, Manchester United and Portuguese footballer Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Some sad news, Uh, he says. It is with... Our deepest sadness, we have to announce that our baby boy has passed away. It is the greatest pain that any parents can feel. So when news broke recently that footballer Cristiano Ronaldo and his girlfriend Georgina Rodriguez had also lost their newborn baby boy, Nina found herself reliving her own tragedy all over again, like so many other bereaved parents. Statistics show that in Ireland, over 500 babies will die around the time of birth. Each of these little babies are mourned not only by parents, but by the extended family and friends, and indeed those charged with their care in hospital settings. So the pain is huge and the grief is constant, but there is hope. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today I'm joined by Nina to talk about her own experience but also to talk about Felicon, which is the Stillbirth and Neonatal Death Association of Ireland and this not-for-profit organisation provides support to anyone affected by the death of a baby during or after pregnancy. Nina, thank you so much for joining me today. And of course, with Ronaldo in the news, it's kind of bringing up all these memories again for bereaved parents like yourself. But can you talk me through your own story, please? You can indeed, yeah. And you're right, it is bringing up a lot for a lot of our parents here. In Felicon, we're, we're hearing a lot from parents, both kind of newly bereaved parents and the long ago bereaved as well. Yeah. Um, for myself, it's been four years, uh, four years ago that Liam and Grace were born and died just after birth. There was a bit of a journey to have them. Um, IVF, we had three recurrent miscarriages. 
So it was a real struggle, um, tough time. Then we were pregnant on Lehman Grace and, you know, it was just the most amazing time. You know, it was yeah. such a, a happy time. You know, we got to the three month scan. We'd never been there before. We got to see their beautiful hearts beating and we got to the 20 week scan and we found out it was a little boy and a little girl. And we just thought, wow, it doesn't get any better than this. You know, this yeah. is just amazing. And then at 22 weeks and six days, everything changed. I just left an appointment um, about seven o'clock and everything was perfect. And on my way home, I got that first pain and I thought, God, how am I going to manage labour? I can't even manage, you know. This. Was it, what kind of pain was it? Was it was just a sharp pain, right, a okay. really sharp pain that kind of took your breath away. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh my God, I'm such a wuss. You know, I, I you know, these pregnancy pains are awful. And it kind of, it was getting worse. And then the pain in my back kind of started. And, you know, I was getting a little bit worried, but, you know, thinking like, sure, I'm, you know, I'm not even 23 weeks, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose things intensified quite quickly. Um, by about half eight, quarter to nine, my waters broke. And straight away I knew, oh, the risk of infection is what I thought, or I'll have to go to hospital, like, you know. Um, and we went to hospital and I remember sitting, we were immediately brought upstairs and I remember they had given me a card and I looked at the card and I said, Alan, oh my God, we're in the labour ward. Do you know, and that was the first kind of, you know, real, oh my God, we're in the labour ward, like what's happening? Um, and we were brought in and we saw their hearts beating. They did a scan straight away. And I suppose I was in such a panic. I was so used to seeing their hearts beating. We'd seen it so many times. Yeah. Um, I saw their hearts beating and um, I immediately felt embarrassed. I thought, oh my God, I can't believe I've, I've caused such a fuss, you know. But they reassured us. It's such us, an Irish reaction, isn't Nina, it? isn't it? God, am I putting somebody else out, Absolutely, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then they reassured me that, no, I was staying. You know, I was going to be admitted. Yeah. And, do you know, it's mad where your head goes. I remember thinking, I'm going to have to cancel that meeting in the morning. I'm going to have to get in touch with my boss. And, yeah. do you know, um, I wasn't really grasping the seriousness of it still. Yeah. Um, I thought you know, I could be here because of infection and oh my God, am I going to be here for the rest of the pregnancy? All these thoughts going through my head, but never did I think Lehman Grace were on their way. No. Um, and I suppose um, they were doing tests and they were, you know, they kind of, um, I suppose they were, they were very gentle in the hospital looking back, you know, they didn't immediately bombard us with what was going to happen. And it was very much a wait and see, you know, they told us the waters were gone, they were broken and it, that if active labour started, there was nothing that could be done. And uh, Lehman Grace would have been, so they would have been born premature then? Yes, they would have been. And and the process then of, of you having them that early, there was still hope that they could be born and, and you know, and live? Or was that, was that off the cards as soon as you got into that difficulty? As soon as I went into active labour, it was off the cards. Okay. The water's being broken. If Lehman Grace had have stayed, do you know, inside me, mm. um, yes, that they would have held off with labour. But as soon as active labour started, and that started just after 11 o'clock, active labour started, and then it was clear that they were coming. And I remember consultants coming up and saying that they were going to be born, but that they wouldn't live. Nina, what goes through your mind when something like that happens? And you you rightly pointed out it was a, it was a 
it was a tough an arduous journey mm-hmm. to get to the point where you had Liam and yeah. Grace and you know they they were on their own journey and you were very hopeful and optimistic that this this was going to be the time where you'd have your babies and mm-hmm. raise them because you'd had several miscarriages prior to that hadn't you I did yeah I had three three recurrent miscarriages and um, I suppose it's hard to put into words, you know, the level of devastation that happened, the level of, but you go into shock. And I think in many ways the shock helps you because, I mean, you have to, you have to physically give birth, do you know? I remember looking and think, saying to Alan, I can't give birth to death. Do you know, while they were inside me, they were alive, their hearts were beating, and yet they were telling me that they were going to be born and died. Do you know? And... In many ways, your body just takes over. Do you know, I wasn't in control. I would have done anything in this world to hold them inside me, to keep them safe. Um, but that choice wasn't there, do you know, and my body just took over. Um, and I suppose the the devastation, the, do you know, quickly changed the very first second I saw Liam. The ver- Liam was born first and I suppose during the time we had, we had a few hours, you know, and I remember at one stage kind of um, the midwives left us for a few minutes and we had to pick names. You know, we didn't have names and I suppose we thought we had plenty of time to argue and, course, you know, discuss yeah. this. And and I remember saying to Alan, you know, what are we going to name them? And, he, you know, and he was saying, you choose, you know, and there was going to be no arguments. That was clear, you yeah. know, and he was like, you choose. And I said, no, no, you choose the boy and I'll choose the girl. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, God, what's he going to choose? <laughs> um, and I remember when he said Liam, I thought, oh, God. Um, and I said, <laughs> oh, lovely. I'd already decided that whatever he said was going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, we hadn't time. And I just said, oh, lovely. And yeah, perfect. And I said, what about Grace? And he said, perfect. And we just said, OK, it's Liam and Grace. And that was it. And But you know what? He picked the most perfect name for a son. They just, Liam had the tough birth. He was born first. He was breech. Um, and he had a really tough time and he died just before he was born. But that first second I saw him, that rush of unconditional love, he was just so perfect. And they laid him up on my chest and I was just looking and thinking, I can't believe he's ours. I can't believe he's here. I can't believe he's so gorgeous. And then... I felt my body took over again and I felt this urge to push and I didn't want it. I thought, no, not again. Like, And I tried as much as I could not to push. And just seven minutes after Liam, we heard this most beautiful whimper. I mean, obviously Liam was still born, so the silence was deafening. And when we heard this little whimper, I thought, oh my God. And she was gorgeous she was just so perfect and she lay up beside her brother and we had skin to skin contact and she lay beside him and I was just looking down at them and my heart just felt like it would burst with happiness and which might sound strange but it was it was just pure and utter happiness I was looking at Alan and I was looking at Liam and Grace and I was just thinking wow I'm a mummy here they are and I just felt immediately in love I remember asking Alan if he'd like to hold Grace and he said no and I thought he was afraid, you know, um, afraid to hold her. And afterwards he said, no, I looked so happy and so content and he he was saying, Grace could hear my heart, you know, we knew the time was going to be short um, and it was 31 minutes. 
So for 31 minutes she lay and it was lovely. It was really lovely. And so Alan, who's going through this with you, um, and he sounds like an amazing partner, can I say, Nina, but not for one second, one minute, would he allow you to be apart from Liam and Grace. Yeah. And I think if he had told me that at the time, I would have insisted. Yeah. I would have said, no, you, you know, hold her. But he just gifted me that time and it was such a precious time. And, you know, they told us then that Grace had sadly passed away. You know, it wasn't, you know, it's something, you know, she just stopped breathing. Um, and shortly after, Alan got to hold them both, you know, and yeah. I remember looking at him and, you know, you could see the the love and the pride. And I think in that moment, I loved him more than ever. I loved him as my husband, but I also loved him as Liam and Grace's daddy, you know, yeah. and in the tough times that have come afterwards, because, of course, you know, it's a tough journey, you know, uh, without Liam and Grace. You know, I always remember those moments and the, the most precious gift he, I could ever have was at my time with Liam and Grace. That is amazing. And Nina, you touched upon it earlier that the, the emotion was happiness you felt when when Liam, you know, was, yeah. was handed to you and, and then um, later Grace. And for people listening, they might think, but oh, my goodness, I mean, surely, you know, the, the emotions would be devastation and, you know, a, a possibly even anger that how this this can happen to you. And but it's I have to say, sitting across from you and chatting with you before we started uh, this podcast this morning, you have so much positivity. And even though it was four years ago. I hear it in your voice. It's still very, very raw, but you refuse to kind of uh, be anything but optimistic still. Um, and I suppose I'm conscious, just as you say that, that I don't want to be, you know, for people listening, they might listen to me and they think, well, she has it all sorted. You know what I mean? Like, and it's all, you know, perfect and it's all lovely. Uh, the love for Liam and Grace get me through any bit of hard, any of those hard days. That love is just so strong and it gets you through. It doesn't mean there aren't hard days. It doesn't mean that there isn't anger. There isn't, you know, all those feelings that you would expect. But I suppose pretty quickly I realised I can either lie in bed and feel sorry for myself or I can get up and make a difference in Lehman Grace's name. I can give them a legacy. I can talk about them. I can, you know, and that's what I chose. Um, for people, you know, there are tough days. There are. And I wouldn't like to, you know, imply that that's otherwise, yeah. you know, you're not given a roadmap when your baby dies. Do you know, you're going to grieve till the day you die. I'm going to miss Lehman Grace till the day I die. But I hope to make a difference in their names. And that's what that's what gets me through. I think you're definitely doing that, Nina. Um, may I ask, I see you just constantly touching a chain. <laughs> is, is that a, a some kind of uh, memory to Yes, Lehman it has Grace. their name. It has their Lovely. names on it. It has Lehman Grace's name on it. Um, yes, and I, I'm, my family and they gift me jewellery and, you know, that yeah. mean things to Lehman Grace. And this is from my two godchildren. Um, yeah, and I suppose as I talk about them, I suppose, and and it's close to my heart. Absolutely. Do you know where Lehman Grace are? It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and and it is, It, it I mean, it, it's funny because I what I noticed was whenever, <laughs> you know, you, you said their names, your hand 
automatically touched the the necklace. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, you mentioned Felicon at the beginning, uh, Nina, and let's talk about Felicon, who they are and how they came into your lives. And I should add, you now work for them. But let's go back to that moment in the hospital. Baby Grace and baby Liam have gone to sleep. And uh, you're in the hospital and what happens? You're handed this amazing uh, memory box. Yeah, I remember it was just before they were they were going to be born and they came in with this cream box and it had Felicon's name on it. It was a gift from Felicon and it had in it everything that we needed. It had in it um, beautiful hand-knitted blankets, do you know, and to wrap Liam and Grace in blankets made with love was great, do you know, rather yeah. than something boss. Um, there was two little teddies in it and the idea was we kept them with Liam and Grace for the weekend and then when we were going to bury them, one went with Liam and Grace and one stayed with us. Um, there was a little lip balm, you know, and I remember the nurse handing it to us, you know, so we could touch their lips and, do you know, it's all about the bonding process. Yeah. There was um, card in it and they took uh, little ink prints of their hand and feet. Um, and these were just, I suppose it starts that bonding process. It starts, you know, and then I remember, um, I remember the first bit of fear coming, you know, are Liam and Grace going to be, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to be taken off me? Do you know, uh, I, and I was too afraid to ask. And then the bereavement midwife came in and said, would you like to take them home? Do you know, and that was because of Felicon. Felicon uh, would bring a, a cuddle cot to our house, which Liam and Grace would sleep in and it would keep their temperature cold, do you know? So it would yeah. mean that we'd get to bring them home. Yeah. I remember that was like winning the lotto. Do you know, to be told that you could bring them home, which meant they could meet their family, which meant we got to spend three whole days like wow. amazing, just amazing. And when the lady came in from Felicon, you know, um, married the chair, chairperson, um, it, you know, I was instantly inspired by her, you know. And when she lost Liliana, her little girl, you know, she was kind of told to go home and get on with life, do you know, and it wasn't that long ago, you know, and so she set up Felicon along with other bereaved parents in 2010. And I remember thinking, how amazing are they? You know, I've got to spend this time with Liam and Grace because they didn't get it. And they know the pain of not having time and not having memories with your babies. And they've gifted us all of this. And I immediately wanted to give back, you know, I just thought and I thought, what a lovely thing to do in Liam and Grace's name. That's how I'm their mammy now. It's not the mammy I set out to be. It's not the mammy I wish to be, but it's a different type of mammy, do you know? And yeah. that's how I, that's how I'm a parent to them now. Isn't that a beautiful statement? It's, it's <laughs> being a different type of mammy. Yeah. Because that's what you are, you know, mm -hmm. and even as we talk about uh, Grace and Liam today, four years on, you're, you're, you know, your, your eyes <laughs> dance and light <laughs> up, Nina, when you talk about them. Um, so the grieving process is as you say, real, you're not trying to detract from that at no. all, no. you know, and everyone's journey is different. But would you have perhaps some advice for parents, newly bereaved parents as well, where that level of rawness is is right there, right in their faces 24-7? What would you say? I suppose the one thing I think of is there'll be lots of people telling them what they need to do. Yeah, there'll be lots of people telling them that they have the answers, that mm. they know the right thing to do. They're not bereaved parents. Yeah. Because no bereaved parents will tell you what to do. You got up in the morning, well done. Well done, you got out of bed. Do you know, I know how hard that is. I know how hard putting one foot in front of the other in those early days is. So well done you for getting up this morning. 
take your time, be gentle with yourself. Hold on to the love for your baby. And I promise you one thing, that love will get you through. That's the thing, that love will get you through. And don't be afraid that you'll forget them. Don't be afraid that when time moves on, that you'll forget anything about them. You won't, you won't forget any detail. Try lose that fear, do you know? Um, yeah. And remember that feeling when you held your baby. And Nina, I suppose as well, there should be some advice to people on how they should deal with bereaved parents as well, because the tendency, um, you know, you don't want to offend, but you might feel, well, gosh, I don't know what to say. And you might just cross the road instead of going over and offering your condolences. Yeah, and I I have experienced that. I have experienced that where, you know, people who saw my bump and, you know, proudly congratulate, you know, I was you know, heavily pregnant and they, you know, were congratulating me and suddenly they'd see me coming and the eyes would go down, they'd cross the road and that does happen. It hurts. It hurts. But I suppose, you know, that these people still care, you know, they haven't changed. They haven't become monsters overnight, you know, they care. They're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And, you know, the worst thing that happened for me was Lehman Grace Stein, you know, and, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to say their names. Don't be afraid to ask how people are. Don't be afraid to mention this. Um, don't be afraid of tears. You know, it's OK. You know, uh, we might get emotional, but, you know, the worst thing you can do is ignore it and don't put pressure on yourself. You're not going to, you know, there's nothing that you can say that's going to make this better. So take that pressure off yourself. Maybe just say, I have no words. Maybe just say, how are you? How are you today? And let the conversation flow. Don't be afraid. You know, we haven't changed overnight. One of the funny things is I remember my sister just after Lehman Grace had been born and died. And, you know, she said, I I know not to say that to you because Google told me not to say it, you know, and she Googled, you know, what not to say. And I was like, you don't need to ask Google how to talk to your sister. You've been doing it well enough for 30 years. You know, just keep talking. Do you know, you know, I think people are so afraid and there's no need to be. A huge thanks to Nina Doyle and we offer best wishes to Alan, her partner. If you've been affected by anything on today's podcast, you can contact Fela Cohn's support line on 085-249-6464 or you'll find them at felacon.ie. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today's episode was presented and produced by myself, researched by Garrett Mulhall, recorded by Gavin Hennessy and sound design by Dara Kelly. The archive clip at the top of the podcast was from Sky Sports News. And if you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. 